Giants pitcher, Ross Stripling, joining us right now on Foul Territory Live. Ross, great to have you back. And the, the great debate somehow organically created today that's been covered by each of our guys, plus Ken Rosenthal, plus it'll turn into a poll that I'm sure will go viral. And we have Phil Nevin on later. Super random, but who wins in a fight, Gabe Kapler or Phil Nevin? You know, what's funny is I was in the in the room waiting to come on and I could uh, hear you guys talking about it. So I started Googling. I knew uh, Phil had some COVID-19 stuff. So I'm, I'm just like reading this article. It says uh, he got tired after 15 minutes of physical exercise since COVID-19. Gabe Kapler doesn't get tired. So it's just it's a no brainer to me. Kapler's a machine. Um, unless Nevin landed one good shot early, uh, Kapler's just outlasting him. And it's, I, don't, I don't think it's even close. He's got to do him Mike Tyson. He's got, he's got to get him early. And if he doesn't, then, you know, Gabe's going to be bouncing around like, let's go, let's go, let's go, man. That's awesome. Hey, Ross has to say that. He plays for Gabe. He's not going to say, hey, my kid's going to get his ass kicked. My no, he's, he's an honest man. I, I can read him already. He looked, He's looking me straight in the eye. There's, he would tell us if he didn't think so. It's like, hey, listen, you know, I, if Dusty Baker was to fight, you know, Gabe Kapler, who do, who do you got? Like, I hey, There's a Dusty. reason Kapler's biceps are out every day, man. He's just waiting. <laughs> Just give him a chance. He's waiting. No. Doubt Are there any quirks? Are there any quirks, Ross, that you've gotten out of? Because I played with Gabe 97, 98, so 25 years ago. Is there any quirks? That you, like, when I had him, he didn't eat cheese on his pizza. This is 25 years ago. You're, on the, you're in the minor yeah. leagues, and you get pizza, and you take the cheese off. And we're like, what's wrong with this guy? Lactose intolerant, maybe. No, he just didn't eat no. cheese because he had to do his photo <laughs> shoots with his 12-pack. So is there any quirks in the first couple weeks in spring training you've noticed you didn't know? AJ, they're all food related, man. They're, that's uh, I think he's constantly trying new things with his diet. And the one I believe he's done, I want to say for four years now, so I can't really say it's like a new thing, but I believe he only eats red meat. Uh, the only thing that goes in his body is red meat. Doesn't eat vegetables and eggs, sorry, and eggs. Um, now he'll put like some avocado on his red meat or, or whatever, but it's no chicken, no fish, it's red meat. And, um, you know, he can explain it much better to me, but essentially – Yes, your cholesterol gets up there, but if you're a healthy man and you don't have heart issues or underlying family stuff in your history, cholesterol is not that big of a deal, according to him and the research that he's done. So he just hammers red meat and he's like, I feel great. I'm never bloated. Uh, I don't get that hungry. And I just hammer red meat and eggs and I feel great. Um, the other thing you'll see him do maybe every now and then is like if he has a craving. Now, this is back 10 years ago when he was my minor league coordinator with the Dodgers. He would eat like a bite of an In-N-Out burger and spit it out. Because he wanted the craving or had the craving, he wanted to satisfy it, but he didn't want that actually going into his body. Yes, so like I told that bar. story. Yeah. I told that story to somebody the other yeah, day. Yeah. He used to take ice cream. He used to take ice cream and put it in his mouth, oh, and he would spit man. the ice no. cream out. No. He would put the no. ice cream in and spit the ice cream out, and he would say, oh, Gabe, Gabe's body likes the taste of ice cream, but Gabe's body can't handle the ice cream. <laughs> so he would eat that and spit it in a water bottle. <laughs> yes. I haven't seen it. As a giant, I haven't seen it, but I've seen it back in the day, oh and it is a, it's a sight to see. I mean, you don't look like that at his age unless you have that kind of uh, diligence, so props to him. That's, I don't, that's I, amazing. I don't even know what to say. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> sure, like. Stumped you guys. In <laughs> I had. Too. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, does this, like, does this, is it, is that a distraction? Like, is that a distraction <laughs> if your managers so much look at me? No. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to mute myself. I lost my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Talking about that. Um, no, not at all, man. It's not. He doesn't do it to be a distraction. 
<clears throat> he doesn't do any of that stuff in anybody's face. It's not like he's walking around with a plate of red meat saying, look at me, look at me. Um, it's just who he is. And, you know, he's, he's a competitor on the dinner table as much as he is on the baseball field. You know, it's just like the way that he is, is uh, it's ingrained in him. So, no, we don't feel that way at all, man. I mean, yeah, we, we know that when he goes out to pull the pitcher, you're going to hear some hoots and hollers from some girls in the, in the front rows that love the way he looks. And, and he definitely loves that, too. You can tell, you know, he changes his shoes every day. He's on Instagram and, and you know, <laughs> biceps are out in the sun and in the outfield. It's, it, you know, it, it's, it's, he's, he's unique. There's no other manager like him. And, um, you know, I think he's good for baseball, man. He, he, he brings up our uh, sex appeal for sure. We need it. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a fan club. I'll actually counter Kratzy's question. Is he a motivation for some players that maybe don't hit the gym or work out as hard? I'll, I'll relate it to myself in a different way. Just that as a broadcaster, I know many other broadcasters that can't catch a ball, that can't go in a weight room, that can't do anything. It's not why I do it, but I will say, like, especially previous people I've worked with, these guys just make fun of me, but previous people I've worked with actually respect that, like, you know, if we hit the gym together or something, yeah, I can't hit a baseball, but like most other things, I can probably keep up with them. So if you walk in every day and you see Cap already got two hours in the gym and he's, he's in better shape or as, as good a shape as anyone on the ball club, can't hurt, right? You know what he is? is a really good soundboard for guys that um, want to work out hard. I mean, you know, of the three of you guys that played, um, it's hard to work out three, four days a week in a 162-game season. There's, there's guys that don't work out in the season because if you're taking ground balls and hitting BP and playing every day, it just wears your body down. Kapler is a guy that has a motor that could work out the way that we know he works out and could play. Uh, at a successful level in the big league. So I think that there's a lot of guys, myself included, I'm not a position player, but I'll pick his brain about what his cardio stuff is, what his lifting schedule is, because, um, you know, I touched on it earlier. You don't look like that at his age if you don't know what you're doing. And the other part of it is there's a rhyme or reason to why he does it. It's not like he's just in there getting a pump to look good. He 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 wants to remain functional and uh, mobile and all the stuff that you need to be a baseball player. Obviously, he's not anymore, but that's still part of, why he does what he does. And I think guys just like hearing his take on certain things because there are guys that want to work out and understand that it, it can actually be a detriment to your game because of the energy it can pull away from you when you're trying to get a big hit at 9 p.m. and you lift it at 3 p.m. really hard and you emptied the tank in that lift. Um, you know, that kind of stuff matters over the course of 185 days. So I, I just think that Kapler is a good soundboard for guys that are want to lift and want to have a good regiment and want another opinion than just our strength coaches who are great in their own right. But to hear it from a player oftentimes is different. Hey, I want to talk about Michael Conforto a little bit. I know we're having some fun with some good questions, but play one with the Mets, just a happy go lucky dude. Cools the other side of the pillow, happy for him right now, what he's doing, especially had to take the whole year off with the injury. And now out there with you guys and, um, in San Francisco, man. Talk to me about him. I know there's a video of party in the clubhouse, man. He looks <laughs> like he's having such a blast. Um, how, how's, how's he doing out there? And um, how, how's he as a teammate? Because I know he's such a good dude. Yes, I mean, spot on. Um, we're lucky to have him. And you can tell from the start of spring training, he was just pumped to be around guys again, to be in a locker room again, to, um, you know, be on a team and, and be playing baseball and be healthy. Uh, he looks great. And, you know, he hit a homer off a lefty the other day in the eighth inning to take the lead in a game that we really needed. We're on the verge of getting swept by the Royals at home and he hits a go at homer. And uh, that's the, that's the video you see is after that going to the locker room, we're just all there 
waiting to greet him and, and uh, have a party in the locker room because of how, how big of a hit that was. I mean, he's, he's a game-changing player. I feel like people can forget about him. You take a year away from this game, people can forget how good you are and forget that um, how powerful of a bat he is, how good of an outfielder he is, and, and how he can be a difference maker for a team like the Giants and how badly we need him. You know, we, we, there's a lot of star power in this division, talking Padres and Dodgers. We're the Giants. We're just kind of solid across the board, but we're going to really rely on Conforto to get big hits for us against righties and lefties all year. And um, so far, he's off to a great start. And as a teammate, couldn't be better. Like you said, cool is the other side of the pillow. Um, so far, you know, I've known him for two months. I've never seen him had a bad day. Uh, seems like he's the same guy every day, which is all you can ask for. So, um, you know, definitely pumped. He's on my team, no doubt. Ross, Conforto went deep off Michael Kopech the other day in Chicago, one of the, the bunch of homers y'all hit, 13 in three games. Yeah. Now, there was a video where he was tipping his pitches with his glove. You guys obviously have a guy that looks for that on other teams. Do, they, do you guys have a guy that looks for it on your team to show you guys and says, hey, Ross, you're doing something with your glove or your windup or, or your hands or whatever? Do you guys have that with the Giants also? Yeah, of course. Uh, and I think that's more important than trying to find anybody on the other team that's doing something. Yeah, you might be able to pick up something, and that's a huge advantage for our hitters. But if if a pitcher on your team, specifically the Giants, let's say, has a tip, and we don't have anyone that's readily available to address that, that's looking for that kind of stuff, that's, that's a huge disadvantage for a Major League Baseball team. If any team doesn't have someone looking for that, I'd be shocked. Because as a man that's tipped in a variety of different ways, I used to tip my curveball like this. I'd bite mm -hmm. as I'm like yeah. coming down the slope. I'm but and, it, and it's one of those things that you don't even know you're doing and then you see yourself doing it, it's clear as day and and once a hitter sees that man you guys can hone in on like that um like nobody else so if we we have two really i would say two guys one of them is one of our coaches and one of them is a guy that's you know back in a dungeon watching video catching on this stuff but um yeah it's it's it would be detrimental to a team if, if they didn't have someone like that trying to catch tips because it's, it's that big of a deal and that big of an advantage so, so you're making you're making me mad now because my white socks you know you guys hit all those homers and you guys didn't tell us until after you left town so <laughs> at least I we, guess told bad. we could have, we could have <laughs> yeah. others. yeah we well been... some, someone else told us yeah if you hit 13 homers in three games you definitely told them thanks a lot <laughs> do you do you find it like those tips when they tell you those things and you've played on some teams that I know have people that are looking for those tips. Are you conscious of it? Are you like, not, not conscious of it. Like, Ooh, I got to stop that. Like conscious of it. Like, like that, that guy just got a hit. Did I just, did I just bite my lip? How does that, how does that run through your head? Yeah, it's, um, it varies for sure. I, like I said, I've tipped in a million different ways. Uh, I could stand up and go through my motion and show you the 47 ways I've tipped over the years. Um, it is a constant battle for me. The other day I threw um, Salvi a pretty good changeup down and he hits a home, like a tying home run late in the game. And that, one of the first things I thought was like, man, did he know that was coming? Cause it was the catcher went to block it and Salvi hits a home run. I know he's one of the strongest guys in the game, but as a guy that's tipped, that thought went through my head and went through my dad's head when I'm talking to him after the game. He's like, man, you think you're tipping? I'm like, no, sometimes you just tip your cap to the hitter. I don't think that I am. But yeah, I, I, as someone, like I keep saying that is tipped, I want to know. I, I want the coach to come to me and be like, Strip, we got this on you. It might be huge. It might be the tiniest little thing, but tell me about it. There are some guys that are pretty stubborn about it and don't really want to know because of kind of what you're asking, Kratzy, where it can, it can kind of almost do more harm than good. And, and yeah, it needs to be addressed and you need to fix it, but sometimes it can lead to even worse things mentally or, or, or tips another way or where you're, you know, I'm trying to get player X, Y, Z out and I'm thinking about what I'm doing tipping instead of being a competitor out there on the mound when, when the lights are on. Um, 
you know, so it, it can lead to some bad things, but I've always been open to it saying, you, you got to tell me because I got to address it. I'm not a guy that throws 98. If you know my changeup's coming, uh, it's going to be a rough day for me. So I, I need to know. Hey, does, does Max Muncy know that Mad Bum is not on the Giants anymore? I mean, Jesus, the guy is he's, he's hitting <laughs> balls every which way. The guy is on fire right now. Jesus. Yeah, you know, I saw the stats coming in. I, I saw the, you know, some power in there, but not necessarily good average. But that guy just loves hitting at Oracle Field. He oh. has uh, since the start. Uh, he told Mad, Mad Bum to go get the ball out of the ocean <laughs> after homering off of him. Uh, classic Max Muncy fashion. And then yesterday goes two oppo homers for a grand slam and a three-run homer and basically beats us himself. So uh, I'm sure when I get there today, we'll have a maybe a new plan against him about something we're going to do to try and keep him in the ballpark. But, you know, the, the Dodgers – that lineup is really deep. And when Muncie is, is putting together quality at bats like he can and hitting the ball out of the field and driving the ball like he can, it's an even deeper lineup. So yeah, it's uh, it, it, we, we got to figure that one out and fast. Stick them. Speak, speaking stick of Muncie code. Stick them. Stick them, Eric. Tell him to stick them. No, just throw Muncie a curveball. You know what he, you know what his numbers are on curveballs. Come on. You know that. That's your old teammate. <laughs> Some guys don't have curveballs. So what do you do? Figure one out. Just, okay. <laughs> loop, loop something in there. Two, throw, flip it in there. Speaking of Muncie Cove, would you get on one of those things that those dudes, not the kayaks, I'm not even talking about the kayaks or the yachts. Everybody wants to get on one of those. And as a financial guy, you can afford the yacht. Would you get on one of those things that the dude was, that's connected to the sea dude with the water coming out and spinning around? Oh, man. Maybe once, just like I'll try everything once. Right. But then after that, probably not for me. I tell you what, man. So I'm living out in the East Bay and it's beautiful. It's like 70 and sunny here today. And then the whole weather thing is true. It's like a vortex down there in San Fran. I'll get down there. And yesterday at first pitch, it was like 50 and raining. But it's not raining. It's just like the air is just like stuck. And it's just like <laughs> wet air just stuck over the baseball field. So I imagine those dudes out there in uh, Muncie Cove, as you call it, I think I got to call it McCovey Cove, are, are freezing because in the dugout, I'm cold. So I imagine out there it's an even another like 10, 15 degrees colder. Here's the thing, because I'm a total hot weather snob, like I'll get 80s, 90s all day. I'm in Orlando most of the time nowadays, so I'm in the perfect spot for it. But serious question, it's not like it can be easily done. Do you think that the weather affects fans more nowadays than it used to? I feel like fans might be a little more like, eh, I got a good setup at home. I'm going to skip going out if it's 40, 50 degrees. Because you've always heard it for years and the old candlestick, people complaining it was like winter out there in September. You know, it barely ever gets super hot there and super, at least for me, baseball comfortable. So yeah, sure. Call me a little soft on that. But do you think that San Francisco should consider a retractable roof? Uh, specifically San Francisco, no. I think it's part of the uh, the lore of Oracle Field. And, and uh, you know, people have asked me since the start of my career, the park I love the most, and I've always said Oracle Field. I, I do think it's, you know, outside of like Wrigley and Fenway, it's one of a kind. I think if you roofed it, it would lose some of its luster. Um, and it's not like freezing. It's just cold, right? It's not like uh, Lambeau Field or Chicago in the winter or, or anything. It's just cold and wet it's a wet cold um but to answer your question i mean i've never thought about it but sure it's like uh, you know i'm like you i'm warm weathered if it's cold and i have a you know an 80 inch screen at home and and uh, i can sit at home and watch the game like that and listen to you guys talk as opposed to freezing in the stands um yeah maybe i'm staying back so maybe that's part of it but um 
you know, baseball's got some awesome fans. So I think people are, are going out and supporting the squads no matter what, unless we're talking freezing temps. Scott's been smoking the doobie out there in San Francisco too much, thinking <laughs> they're going to put a roof in. They're not going to put a roof there. You've been in that place? Why? It's amazing. <laughs> You're saying because it smells like weed? That no, they're... because you've been smoking something more than weed if you think they're going to put a roof out there. <laughs> Why? They're not going to put a roof in California. <laughs> yeah, but it's not L.A. and it's not San Diego. It doesn't rain. I don't know. It gets cold, though, and people complain about it all the time. He just said it. I'm the same way, okay? For me, for, ba- uh, for football, for example. Right. My family goes to a lot of Jets games. And besides a few of the games, I'm like, I'm good. It's and I know it's it's colder. It's different. It's like 35, 40 degrees. I'm like, you know what? I really like the NFL experience at home. I, why is that so surprising? He basically agreed with me that yeah, it he was said it's option. cold, but he didn't say they're going to put a dome in San Francisco. But my point is, I think it would actually help. I think fans, especially nowadays, like, they, they pack that place. That if they're good, they pack Ross. They pack that place. Yeah. Tell them. Yeah, I was being nice. I'm definitely closer to your reaction, AJ. It, it, Thank you. It would, it, <laughs> Thank it, you. There's no no way they're putting a roof on Oracle. Dude, that place is unbelievable. <laughs> I like the place. It's a, a retractable. The smell of the garlic fries. The people out there in kayaks. You would smell it more if you had. And the seagulls, man. I tell you what. Seagulls. It's, it's <laughs> seagulls. Stay stay around for like ten minutes after last pitch, and and uh, it's like freaking. Bird Central out there, man. It's kind of wacky to watch, actually. Are they thrown off because the game? You know, I, I the thing always when you'd watch on TV is like if the game's going late and then they start coming in because they're on a their own clock. So now if the games are ending quicker, do they have to adjust too? Like all the big leaguers are adjusting. <laughs> you know what? I'll ask them. Uh, I haven't had a chance to sit down with any yet, but I'll uh, I'll get a feel for their schedule and see how they're coping with the with the with the pitch clock like we are. Ross, you said you said how much you love Oracle Park. Did this, how much, like, I want to talk about your free agency. Like, what are the other teams that you were, you were looking at? And, like, what did that, did that come into play? Did the fans come into play when you thought about that, you know, your decision to sign with the Giants? Yeah, of course, it all comes into play. Um, I would say the teams down the stretch were the, really the Blue Jays and the Giants with the Cubs kind of in the mix. And, um, you know, I love Toronto. I really did. But San Francisco is a city that I've always loved going to, loved playing there. I already talked about Oracle Park, a division I'm really familiar with, um, a rivalry that I'm really familiar with, knowing how important it is from a Dodger fan base and team. Now I get to experience it as a, as a giant fan base and player is, is pretty cool. And then, um, you know, my wife, uh, talking about family, I, I have a two-year-old and a five-week-old and a city that is not in another country. And that my wife has been to a million times and is really enjoys and, and has some areas that we know we love. And and now, like I said, we're in the East Bay. We have a, a front yard and a backyard. We're not in a, on the 48th floor like we were in Toronto. And uh, it just it felt more comfortable, to be honest. When we, when we really like sat down and talked about it, San Francisco just felt uh, felt like it was going to be more more of a home to us than Toronto was. Not that not to talk any smack about Toronto, man. We loved it. But San Francisco just uh, it felt better. And so far, we're loving it. Hey, to finish you up here, last question. I can't let you go without trying to make some money. We talk all about yeah. it. Is there any moves in the market I need to make, brother? Because I know you've been watching. So hold on. Let me get my pen and pad. Yeah. You know what? I, I got to get your number. You got to. So the, it's a funny story, man. I went on Fox Business uh, years ago and I said a name of a stock. And yeah. by the time I got off, I, I was getting hammered by um, <laughs> the, the people, you know, where I work because it's a liability. Like if I tell you to go buy stock XYZ and you go yeah. buy it and it goes mm-hmm. to zero the next day, that's a problem. You know, yeah. technically I solicited advice to you. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we can talk off air. What I'll say is 
is what we've seen so far early this year is reasoning to always hold is reason to stay in the market is because the Nasdaq's up 15%, the S&P's up 8%. Everyone thought we were going down even further and we still might. But if you miss the big days, like if you're trying to time the market and you miss the big five, six, seven days of the year, you'll underperform. That's what history has told you. So um, gotcha. you got to hold in the market and uh, mm-hmm. let it work for you. It's efficient. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking too much about my nerdy side, but uh, <laughs> love it. No, it, I love it. But yeah, no. get, uh, get my number and we'll talk off air because uh, I'm always, I'm always slinging some random stuff out there. Perfect. No, that, that is the number one key I learned too was, cause I feel like a lot of people don't know this even if the market's down Russ, right it'll bounce back and there'll be like these hot days and then you'll you'll pinpoint in a year like a few days that jump the whole thing which yeah. i guess you don't really realize like a lot of times it's kind of level so when people pull out that's what happens right yeah exactly there'll be you know three four five days in a year where the the market might be up three percent that day and if you miss that day you underperform it's it, yeah. it sounds stupid but it's just math it's, it's literally just math. you can't you will not perform to to the market if you miss those couple days there you go fresh we got work to do all right to learn something ross when you see alex what today tell him to come on the yeah. show because he's avoiding me like the plague and i saw him in did chicago. you text him i texted him about coming on then i talked to him in chicago he's like I talk too much. Anyways. This is literally the perfect platform for us. I agree. So when you see Woody, you tell him that I said that I told you to come on. The next time I see him, I don't know. I'm going to go Gabe Kapler on him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him know. He's he's pitching today, so I'll let him go uh, six shutty, and then I'll, when he's riding high, I'll be like, "Hey, I got this. I got this sweet show. You need to go on." So, perfect. Uh, perfect. We'll parlay it. Yeah, it'll be great. Perfect. Good perfect. plan. Hey, good luck tonight to the squad, Ross. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon.